okay, it's time to get you right. It's the legal lens with Angela Redock right. KBLA Talk, 1580. Every Saturday, 11 a.m., baby. Bringing light to law. Hit it, educate, engage, and empower you all. Leading attorneys, policy makers. No fake in history in the making. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal issue. Hello, KBLA Talk 1580 listeners. This is the first weekend of September 2022, and you are listening to The Legal Lens Show with Angela Redock Wright, where we bring law to light each Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we do the replay, somebody say replay, on Sundays at 1 p.m. We are broadcasting to you live from Lemert Park, USA, part of the famous Crenshaw District of Los Angeles. And all of you know that this is one of my favorite places on earth. And if you haven't been here recently, you definitely want to check out Lamert Park and Crenshaw and the Crenshaw District. Some great things are happening here. Um, you can listen to us. I want you to settle in and prepare to listen to Legal Lens for the next hour and even beyond that to listen to some of our other great KBLA Talk 1580 hosts. But settle in and guess what? You can listen to us on, on almost any mechanism on your AM dial, for one, for those who still have radios in their homes, for example. You can tell Alexa to simply play KBLA Talk 1580 or you can download our app and you can take us with us with you wherever you go, whether you're working out, hanging out with family or friends, pushing the kids on the swings at the playgrounds, waiting at the little league game. Um, you can take us with us and listen to us all day, 24 seven. And certainly this next hour as a part of the Legal Lens Show, where we have a great, great show planned for you. This weekend is Labor Day. So I know everyone is already out enjoying the weekend and looking forward to having a day off from work on Monday. Uh, but because it's Labor Day, we wanted to do a show that focuses on our on workers, our valued workers, and that celebrates our workers, and that brings law to light, so to speak, to an important legal issue around the labor movement and unionization. And to help us with that discussion, we have two great attorneys, both well-regarded in their fields, one is Thomas Lenz, L-E-N-Z, and I call him Tom. And Tom is a partner and an attorney with a management side labor firm called Atkinson Andelson Loyal Rude and Romo. And he has been practicing over 30 years. And joining him is his very good friend and someone that he teaches with at USC Gould School of Law, Joseph Poller, P-A-L-L-E-R, and I call him Joe. And Joe is what we call a union side or a worker side attorney where he represents unions um, as they advocate on behalf of their workers. And both Tom and Joe are going, going to help give insight to the current labor movement. Is it still relevant? Is it experiencing a renaissance or a revival? And what are some of the current trends happening in the workplace? What has been the impact of on unionization efforts, um, which we're seeing in companies like Starbucks and Chipotle and Amazon and McDonald's and the fast food industry and Google? We're seeing it across the board and even in some industries which are really new to the possibility of unionization, such as in the childcare industry. Um, so they're going to help us to understand these trends, where they're stemming from, and also to talk about 
um, issues of employee activism and protests in the workplace and how we're seeing that play out. For example, in a recent case involving Whole Foods, the National Labor Relations Board is bringing a case against Whole Foods um, because, because Whole Foods has denied employees, Black employees in particular and others, the opportunity to wear Black Lives Matter insignia while they are working in the workplace. So Tom and Joe are gonna give us insights about that case and similar trends that we're seeing within the union movement. So you don't want to miss this show. Oh, by the way, there are also going to talk about if you are an employee and your work environment is interested in possibly unionizing, how you all go about doing that. What are some top tips for doing that? And then Tom's going to address it from the management side or the employer side in terms of how you respond when you've learned that employees in your environment are thinking about unionizing. So this is a great show. You don't want to miss it. It's perfect for Labor Day weekend and perfect for bringing law to light on a very, and very important issues within the labor movement. Before we jump into our show and bring our guests in, you know, on the Legal Lens show, we do like to acknowledge birthdays and significant issues um, in history where we can. So on this date in history or this weekend in history, August 30th, Lieutenant Colonel Guan Bluford, B-L-U-F-O-R-D, was the first Black U.S. A astronaut to enter space in 1983. And September 1st, 1975, Joseph Hatchett was sworn in as the first Black Supreme Court Justice in the South in the within the 20th century. And then we have some great birthdays that we'd like to acknowledge this week. Um, the, bir celebrating birthdays are Rory Wilkins, um, Eldridge Cleaver, Chris Tucker, comedian, Charles Hamilton Houston, who is an attorney and one of the leaders of the NAACP from the past, um, Beyonce and Louis Latimer and Damon Wayans. So happy birthday. Some are still living. Happy birthday if you're still living. And for those who are not, happy birthday in heaven. So with that, um, we're going to, we, as we come forward, we will continue our discussion here on KBLA Talk 1580, where we are celebrating workers this weekend. We're celebrating Labor Day, and we're doing that by bringing you a very important um, legal topic around unions, unionization, and current trends of, and what's happening in the labor movement today. Helping us with that discussion, attorneys Thomas Lenz, attorney Joseph Poller, you don't want to miss this. Them. Stay tuned as we come forward. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright. Thank you so much for joining in, in with KBLA Talk 1580. This is the Legal Lens Show with Angela. And you were just listening to Donna Summer. She works hard for the money. This is Labor Day weekend. And so our show is all about current issues in the labor movement. And we want to honor our workers and those that show up every day by playing songs in tribute to you, our valued and essential workers of the world. Um, joining us today, we have two dynamic and well-regarded attorneys. Um, they actually teach together and they work together and, and present in other capacities. So I'm just so excited that we were able to get them on the Legal Lens show um, for you, especially for this Labor Day weekend. The first is Thomas Lenz. I call him Tom. How you doing, Tom? 
Doing well. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> Good. And just for our listeners, um, Lens is spelled L-E-N-Z. N is in Nancy Z, just in case you want to go and Google him. And the name may sound familiar to you because we see him all the time in the LA news, whether it be Spectrum or NBC or ABC and also on radio. So yes, this is the Tom Lenz that you have seen in the news. Um, Tom is a partner with the law firm of Atkinson, Andelson, Lawyer, Rude, and Ramo, and which is based in California. He is working in Pasadena, California. And for over 30 years, his practice has involved advice and training and representation of employer clients across California and Western states. He leads the firm's labor relations team. And, you know, often on our shows, we try to get two people who represent different sides of the equation. So Tom today, with respect to labor issue, represents the management or the employer side. He formerly worked with the National Labor Relations Board. He also teaches at USC School of Law, along with our second guest, who I'll introduce momentarily. And he, as I mentioned, he frequently appears in the media. So we're so excited to have you, Tom. Welcome again. Thank you. And joining him um, is Joseph Pollard. Is it okay if I call you Joe? Absolutely. <laughs> and how are you today, Joe? I am tremendously excited to be here. I'm doing, doing great. Likewise, likewise. And Joe also is quite distinguished. He has been practicing law for more than 30 years. And he is our, he's the other side of the equation. He represents labor or represents union in legal, unions in legal matters. Um, he has represented labor unions and their pension and health plans uh, for more than 30 years and is a principal of the law firm of Gilbert and Sackman in Los Angeles. He also, I didn't know this, Joe, you are the chairman of the person personnel commission for the Los Angeles Unified School District. So you all are in the news quite a bit these days. So thank you for your work in heading up that commission. And he also teaches at USC Gould School of Law and also at LA Trade Tech College. So wonderful. I'm a former member of the Community College Board. So I love when I see folks give their time to the community college system. So let's jump right into our discussion. There is so much happening in the world of labor and unions and just work in general. It's like at the top of the news stories every day. But before we get into that, um, Tom, why don't you tell us what, how did you get into this work and what's the difference between when we say labor law and management side attorney versus labor side attorney or union side attorney, what are we talking about? Okay, I'll start with how I got here. And uh, I grew up in Illinois and I loved languages. So how does that fit in with where we are today? Um, I grew up in an area that was heavily unionized and my father was a business owner. My mother was a union member. And so I heard about the different issues that arise in the workplace from different perspectives. And uh, unions were really an essential part of our local economy and culture where I grew up in Illinois. So, uh, I knew that the importance of uh, having harmonious relationships in the workplace was uh, important and that labor law played a key role in dealing with civil rights, business interests, constitutional issues. It was a mix of things. Uh, I was a Spanish major in college and lived in Spain for a while. 
uh, the opportunity arose for me to go to work for the labor board, the National Labor Relations Board in California. So I came out here, I moved to California uh, for that job, uh, did it about three years and then joined my firm where I've been for uh, a little over 30 years now. Um, and uh, it's a firm that has always represented employers. Uh, we represent public as well as private, but uh, it's, it's a firm that has really, I, I think, developed a reputation uh, that uh, yeah, attracted me uh, and uh, made me want to work there. And it's been a great place to work and progress and to achieve great things. Um, in terms of the second part of your question, and maybe uh, share from the, the site that you work on, the, the management Yes, site. Um, we uh, advise, train, and represent employers and management groups on the laws. And uh, they, they could very easily read the laws for themselves and know what they are. But to know how they work, to know how the courts work and interpret them, the administrative agencies like the Department of Labor, the Labor Commissioner, the National Labor Relations board we help uh, employers to understand uh, how the issues play out um, and we help them to plan if they are looking at making a change in the workplace and to do so consistent with the law but as invariably happens um, there are situations that lead to court litigation or you know maybe other types of disputes so we help to try to resolve those as well Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for those insights, Tom. Let's bring Joe into the conversation. Joseph Pollard, he is a labor or union side attorney. Joe, how did you get into this work? And give us, a, give our listeners a little insights about what it means to be a union side or labor attorney. Well, I'm going to answer the second question first. What it means to be a union side or labor attorney is that you're always, there's, it's always exciting. You're always doing things to help people. You always go to bed at night thinking of, you sleep well because you know you're doing good work. Um, in my case, uh, I was born and bred in Los Angeles um, and I got excited about labor unions when I, when I was in, uh, in school. Uh, I think labor unions used to be much more in the news, certainly become more in the news recently. But back when I was growing up, you know, they were, the labor was uh, one of the front page stories, what might be going on with NTA or the supermarket, something of that effect. So as soon as I got out of law school, I took a job at a labor law firm. And that means I represent, my, my firm represents unions uh, and their trust funds, has done so since 1945. Uh, we don't represent employers, except when a union is in fact an employer of its own employees, of course. We represent employees in class action litigation as well, uh, primarily issues involving wages and hours in terms of conditions of employment. But in terms of the work we do for labor unions, um, we get involved in every aspect of what they do. We represent them in helping organize employees who may want to join unions or get a union in their workplace. Then we may represent them in negotiating a fair contract with their employer. And if issues rise under the contract about whether or not someone, you know, should have was deserved to be fired or whether someone's seniority rights were violated or whether they're being paid properly, then we may get involved in, in representing the union in a labor arbitration. So there's lots, lots more to it, but it's great work. And I've been happy uh, my entire career um, representing unions. 
Well, that's great, Joe. And it's great to see that both of you are so passionate about the work you do and the size that you represent. Um, one of the reasons that I particularly wanted to do this show is I'm, I'm an employment lawyer and mediator myself, but, and so I follow the news as it relates to our work um, daily, as I'm sure you do. But there was a recent article in the Los Angeles Times, which raised the question of, you know, whether the quote unquote current renaissance that we're seeing with labor unions, they're having their kind of heyday, so to speak, or revival, so to speak. Um, will it last? You know, will this quote unquote comeback last? And specific, specifically the article stated, after decades of failing membership, labor unions are making a comeback in the American in the American public's consciousness. And then they kind of focused in on, on a recent labor leader, our current labor labor leader, a guy named Chris Smalls, who has been part of the group that's helping to organize places like Amazon. So I want to let's kick our let's continue our discussion there. Joe, what would you say? I mean, you've been in this business 30 years. Are we really in a renaissance or have we all the labor union uh, union movement has always been strong and we're just hearing more about it because new types of companies are being organized and unionized these days. What are your Thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts would be first of all, uh, living in Los Angeles, um, we've had a strong progressive labor movement now for over 20 years. Other parts of the country haven't had that. And so, in other parts of the country, I think you're seeing more people rediscovering the benefits of having a union. I, I think that there has been a, uh, you know, a, a lot of support for unions here in Los Angeles in the past. But what I've noticed particularly is the younger employees, the employees in their 20s and 30s are um, reaching out to find unions to represent them in the workplace. Uh, and that's, this is happening in, in much more, much more often, and maybe because of social media, but I think that they've realized that it's really hard to just represent yourself against a major corporation that's your employer, or to even speak up to your employer without having some kind of representation. And people are realizing that. They want, you know, a rank and file employee is not really going to be able to negotiate their own deal. They're going to be basically taking what management thinks they deserve. But if you have a union, you have someone that's going to speak on your behalf and maybe say things that you're uncomfortable saying, but they can say it and they have a foot in the door in the workplace. So they have a right to do that. That's legally protected. And I think also a lot of employees are very concerned about scheduling and job security issues. You know, with a union contract, most union contracts, you can't be discharged, you can't be disciplined, you, um, you can't, can't have any retaliation taken against you, whether it's a shift change or whatever, without the employer um, establishing that there's good cause or just cause for that action. People really want that. They really want the opportunity to, to have the ability to, to speak out in those circumstances and perhaps even file a grievance or take a case to arbitration. So I think people are realizing what unions can do and how important they are and how they as an individual can't, can't you know, do it themselves. Right, great, great insights, Joe. And Tom, what would your response be to that? Do you think the, do you see an, an increase in unionization? Do you think it's just a temporary renaissance of revival or is this here to stay? I think it is a renaissance that has the potential to get traction and stay. Uh, what I'm seeing a lot of is new and different types of groups 
uh, where employees are forming, uh, say, a, a, a method to raise concerns because group and concerted activity is protected by the law. So it may not be uh, the unions that we are accustomed to hearing about in the news. It could be some uh, newfangled group that is dealing with an industry that has not been traditionally unionized. It could be tech, it could be gaming, it could be uh, cannabis, it could be um, a variety of different places that have not been traditionally unionized. And I think that if the concerns employees have today uh, can be addressed. And if management is not connecting with the employees in a way where employees feel confident um, to express themselves, uh, if, if employees are in fear uh, of retaliation or having no impact on their working conditions, I, I think that's going to be something where uh, labor policy, uh, such as we're seeing with the current administration in Washington, um, might help to spur on further union activity. Uh, this happens to be, regardless of one's uh, political views, a, a very political subject where the rules change depending upon who is in power in Washington. So I, I think that this is a moment where labor and people interested in expressing labor rights will uh, have an opportunity to show relevance and value to people in the workplace. And, and that's something employers uh, that I work with need to understand. A great points, Tom. And just as we kind of close out this particular segment, if you can, in 30 seconds or so, do your clients just generally rebuff against the idea of unionization or do they sometimes welcome it or, or see it as a necessary part of doing business? I think it depends upon the industry and the market they serve because uh, it may affect the economics and the opportunities that they see as a business. But they also need to understand that the law provides some advantages to employers who have labor agreements. Uh, California has been especially innovative that way in providing uh, opportunities or exemptions from certain rules of law. What a great first segment with Thomas Lenz and Joseph Poller, both are labor attorneys, Tom representing the management side and Joe representing the labor or the union side. Um, we are going to continue our conversation with them as we come forward in our next segment. Hold tight. We have so much more information to share with you. We're going to talk about how the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted um, unionization efforts and the current labor movement and so much more. You're tuned into KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Anna. You're listening to the all-new Weekend Lineup of enlightening, encouraging, and empowering talk shows. Exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Thank you for continuing to listen to KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela, and you were just listening to A Hard Day's Night by the Beatles. We are celebrating our workers this weekend, Labor Day weekend, uh, with playing songs that talk about work and that pay tribute to the global worker. So thank you, Beatles, for that great song. We are having a great conversation with um, two leading attorneys 
in the area of labor law. One is Thomas Lenz, I call him Tom, and also Joseph Poller, I call him Joe. Um, Tom represents the management side, uh, management in labor issues, and Joe represents unions and uh, workers in um, labor issues. And they gave us an overview of their backgrounds and a little foundation in terms of understanding where we are with the labor movement today. Let me pick up the discussion with Tom Tom, how has the COVID-19 pandemic had any impact on some of the recent labor activity we're seeing? I think that the pandemic definitely has because uh, we saw so much disruption in uh, how uh, workplaces uh, operated and uh, whether people came to work in person or worked remotely, um, it caused uh, concern about safety and whether a workplace uh, was unionized or not, uh, there were issues to be discussed, uh, changes to be made. Uh, in the non-union workforce, it certainly inspired uh, people to speak up and to speak out and to reach out uh, to unions for assistance. Um, and I, I spent a lot of time talking to employers about what that meant and how to do the right thing. Um, in unionized workforces, it meant that employers needed to have a solid and lawful game plan to reach out to a union uh, to provide notice of something that uh, was an issue or a need uh, warranting change. So uh, I, I think that uh, we're still dealing with uh, the effects of the pandemic uh, in different ways. Uh, we, we all, I think, want to be done with it and say goodbye to COVID, but um, it, it's still here. And I think people are still um, feeling a need to band together and to reach out, whether it's through a traditional union or through something new and innovative or, or simply a group of uh, employees having common interest because uh, these issues, like I say, are not going away as quickly as we would like. Right, right. And and Joe, how are you seeing this in the work that you do? Um, I imagine that, you know, with COVID-19, it, it brought a surprise to many, you know, and especially our workplaces in terms of the types of changes that we require in terms of safety and health and work hours and so forth. How are you seeing the impact of the pandemic play out in the work that you do and the clients that you represent? Oh, it's just been so many impacts. But let me take you back. March 2020, many of the unions that we represent lost their entire workforce to layoffs. The theatrical industry, the broadcast industry, motion picture industry, everyone was laid off except for a few, you know, a few people. And then on the other hand, we represent healthcare um, workers and they were finding them- sort grocery of workers, a lot of essential workers, right? Right, we represent supermarket and drugstore workers. They were going crazy, they were working they, they were exposed, they were catching COVID, they, some of them were dying, and they were working 60, 80, or four hours per week. Um, so that, everything became topsy-turvy. And where the unions, I think, really served a, a great purpose during the, the first early stages of the pandemic were to make sure that the employers were following the COVID safety regulations. They were complex, they were difficult. In some cases, they were costly. But the unions came in and fought for plexiglass dividers. They fought for respirators and masks. Um, they fought for cleaning supplies, which many employers weren't even providing. They fought for social distancing. And they also made sure that if an employee was out because they or a family member had COVID, 
that they got the COVID pay, the sick pay that they were entitled to. I think the other last effect that I would comment on is that people started thinking about their jobs in a different way. If you're not going into work, if you're working from home, you know, you start thinking about really, what, what am I getting out of? Should I be looking for something else? Do, what am I gonna do to reconfigure my job? You know, how can I talk to my union help me do that? So that it's caused, you know, we talk about the great resignation. That's a small part of it. People have thought long and hard now about what they're getting out of their jobs and what they're aiming for. And that, that may be the benefit of COVID. And so what, Joe, um, just to kind of close this out with you, what, so what are the current things that you all are advocating for, for your, the unions you represent and their members, like post-COVID? So as you said, during COVID, they fought for many safety measures and, you know, other things that were important. But now that they're being asked to return to work, I just read in the LA Times this morning, again, as you can tell, I read the LA Times a lot, mm-hmm. that um, <laughs> some workers are saying, if you want, employers are saying, if you want to continue working remotely, we're going to cut your pay. Um, so they're trying to get folks back into work. And Tom, I definitely want to get your thoughts on this as well. But Joe, so what's at, what, where do you focus on at the bargaining table right now as a way of... Well, Helping employees transition. Sure, COVID isn't entirely over. I mean, we have a special law in the books that requires that employers recall certain employees back to the jobs if they were laid off during COVID. That law extends to 2024. So, you know, there are still laws that are are important. Um, But I think you've hit on a nail on the head. A lot of people are really interested in flexibility in their work schedules and their ability to work from home or from another location. Uh, at least in a portion of their job. And that's front and center. Yes. And Tom, how are you seeing this in your work as your clients are trying to get folks back to work, considering whether they're going to still allow for remote work? Um, What are the biggest challenges there? I I think that uh, there are um, certainly desires to get people back to work. But there's also an acknowledgement that uh, we can't ever get back to exactly where we were in March 2020. Uh, and I, I think that employers uh, are, are having to realize that with some variation in industry, um, you know, depending on what the workplace uh, does, um, that they're going to need to accommodate employees more. Because if they don't, uh, there are uh, employers elsewhere that want to snap up their people. Uh, we're seeing a lot of fluidity in people moving from one company to another because you know, maybe there's a better deal or at least uh, people are getting a pitch for uh, something that sounds better than where they are. Um, I think employers are uh, facing some difficult issues with employee engagement because I think everyone has been thinking about, uh, am I where I want to be? Should I make a change? And uh, that has led to some disengagement. And uh, even if people are back at work, are they fully engaged with what they're doing? It's it's created some concerns. Great, great insights. Already, I'm seeing that we don't have enough time to tackle all the issues that I'd love to tackle with you both today. So that means I'm going to have to invite you again. So here, here's our early invitation to come back. As we come forward, we will continue this conversation with attorneys Thomas Lenz and Joseph Pollard, who are both labor attorneys, and they're sharing with us some of the recent trends in activity in 
um, the labor in the law as it relates to labor. Um, we're going to hit on a recent case that we've seen in the news involving the National Labor Relations Board bringing a suit on behalf of employees against Whole Foods for wearing uh, the wearing of a Black Lives Matter insignia. So stay tuned. Um, I can't wait to get their thoughts on this. You're tuned into KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela. More of Legal Lens with Angela Reddick Wright, helping you see legal issues more clearly when we come forward. Thank you for continuing with us on KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela, and you were just listening to Dolly Parton working nine to five, one of our favorite workplace songs. So we're honoring our workers this weekend um, on Labor Day. And to help us with that discussion and in this honoring of our workers, we have attorney Thomas Lenz and attorney attorney Joe Poller. And uh, Tom, one of the big topics in the news that I've been following, and I'm sure many people have, is recently the National Labor Relations Board uh, filed a suit on behalf of employees against um, Whole Foods uh, for wearing a Black Lives Matter insignia in the workplace and Whole Foods saying that employee or employees could not do that. Tom, give us a quick breakdown of what that case is about and what what you expect to happen. Well, uh, the case involves uh, the National Labor Relations Board saying that political or social justice expression, in this instance, the wearing of a Black Lives Matter insignia mask, uh, is protected activity under the National Labor Relations Act. Uh, the law protects employees in forming and joining unions, but, but even in a non-union environment, if you are raising concerns which relate to the workplace, uh, which the labor board believes this is because there is potential concern with discrimination and uh, there is a concern with social justice, which uh, this administration believes to be linked to the workplace. Uh, because the employer said you cannot wear uh, that insignia, the labor board has taken the view that is an unfair labor practice interfering with employees' rights. Uh, and this issue is arising with other employers as well. Uh, and it's very likely that NLRB uh, may choose to prosecute those cases. I think that this is going to be a matter that regardless of what happens in the labor board, uh, I, I think the employer will probably be found uh, to have violated the law in the current administration. Uh, they will probably seek review in the courts. Uh, and that's often where the political fluctuations at the labor board are sorted out, uh, depending upon which circuit uh, has control of the issues. And Joe, what are your thoughts on this? And in, in the context of this bigger movement we're seeing of employee activism and protests in the workplace? I, I totally I totally agree with what Tom is saying. Let me add, though, that the NLRB, we've talked about that. That's the federal agency that protects and polices private sector workplace uh, to make sure that employees have an opportunity to get together and work together to improve working. Um, that we have a really good National Labor Relations Board. We have appointees from the Biden administration who are very, very uh, interested in, in workplace improvement. And one of the issues that they've uh, uh, brought not just against Whole Foods, but also Home Depot and some other large employers, is their attempts to uh, discipline uh, employees for wearing BLM t-shirts, masks, aprons, putting those insignias on. Black Lives Matters, 
they felt was a was just something that goes way outside the bonds of bounds of uh, union activity. So um, right now, the National Labor Relations Board is making a decision on that. Do employees have the right to do that in their workplace? Very interesting. So we'll certainly be watching that and we'll have you both back on once that decision comes out or as we see this issue evolve. So stay tuned as we close out our segment on uh, the current market for labor and labor trends as it relates to the law. You're tuned into KBLA Talk 1580. More of KBLA Talk 1580's all-new weekend lineup when we come forward. Thank you for returning with us. This is Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright, and you were just listening to Love on Top by Beyonce. That's a little different from the songs we've been playing, but I wanted to honor Beyonce today. It is her birthday this week, so happy birthday, and that happens to be my favorite Beyonce song. We are closing out our segment segment with Thomas Lenz and Joseph Pollard, both labor attorneys. And Joe, let me just ask you, um, for our listeners who are listening and who work are potentially working unionized environments or, or certainly want to consider unionizing their environment uh, what are the first steps they would take what advice would you give them my, my my first bit of advice and it may be the most important bit of advice is get outside help this isn't necessarily going to be an easy process and you're going to need some expertise to help guide you through the process so I would start out by researching the unions that are in your industry, in your geographical area, which you could, which is easy now that you can do it on the internet, and, uh, um, and then and then get in touch with them, ask them the hard questions, see if they can provide you a trained organizer that can help you navigate through the process. That process might be just as simple as gathering authorizations from your fellow employees, pre- presenting a majority uh, of the of the authorization more majority of the unit's authorizations to the employer and, and asking for recognition, but in most instances it's going to be more complicated than that. And if you're in the private sector, you're going to end up filing a petition for a representation election with the National Labor Relations Board. If you're in cannabis, you'll do that with the uh, in many cases with the Agricultural Labor Relations Board. If you're a grower, if you're a uh, uh, state or local employee, you'll be going to PERB. But, but that's what you need to do. Get the outside help you need. Make sure you've got the people you want. Then let them guide you through the process of getting organized. And Tom, uh, your client gets notice of possible union activity. What do you advise them in terms of their first steps? Uh, I advise them, uh, talk to your lawyer. Make sure <laughs> Of course. That, <laughs> yes. Uh, make sure that you you know post the proper notices and things that you're required to do under current rules. Um, make sure that you are in sync management-wise, uh, so that everybody is trained and knows the do's and don'ts uh, allowed under the law. Because you don't want to say something you think is clever or funny and violate the law. And uh, be prepared to sit down and talk about things that uh, you know are, are going to need a plan and are going to move fast. Uh, This can be a very disruptive process to a workplace, uh, and it's important to be legally compliant because the downsides are many, and uh, these these issues can uh, lead to litigation separate and apart from uh, the election process itself. Excellent. Thank you both so much, attorneys Thomas Lenz and Joseph Pollard, 
both labor attorneys, Tom representing management and Joe representing um, unions and their workers. Um, this has been a, an amazing discussion and definitely look forward to bring you back as we continue to follow union trends, labor trends, and this ever evolving, um, the ever evolving changes we're seeing in the workplace is so exciting to watch and definitely would like to include you all in future discussions. Um, thank you to our listeners. We couldn't do this show without you. Thank you for listening to us. This has been Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright. And next up, we have Cassie Betts, Betts with Talk Tech to Me, a great, great show. So stay tuned. And in closing, I'd like to encourage you with the words of Eldridge Cleaver, who also celebrated a birthday this week. He said, if you are not a part of the solution, you are a part of the problem. So thank you, Thomas Lenz and Joseph Pollard for being a part of the solution. We so appreciate you. Have a great weekend, folks. And we look forward to you tuning in next week with another Legal Lens with Angela Show. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.